VGK falls to the Minnesota Wild 5-3 to three in the first meeting of three meetings this season for these teams. Aiden Hill wasn't his sharpest in the loss. There's a lot of beer league hockey being played by VGK. We'll break things down next right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Find us wherever you get your podcast. And make sure that you uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. We are brought to you today by FanDuel. FanDuel, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Chris, great to see you at the VGK game last night. I made a little cameo appearance for you there last minute. You like that? Oh, I think it was uh, – it explains the loss. It doesn't – well, they scored really fast. And again, Did you actually uh, see that goal? Were you there that long? No. I left even before the 22-second in goal by March or so. But I thought that VGK was going to run away with this game, right? You have Marcheseau, that fluky play. He scores 22 seconds in. Uh, but Minnesota comes back. They storm back. They take the two-to-one lead. And uh, we saw where Matt Zuccarella had the goal um, on the power play, I believe, right? Power play, uh, Joel Erickson-Eck, who was a thorn in the side of EGK last night. He scores the Michael Madio with the equalizer. And uh, I thought that VGK, as I said, would be running away, but then it was tied at 2-2, third period, and we get the two goals by Minnesota in the slop. In a minute one, Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy scored. And in that third period, just my observation, VGK looked, I know that they were sloppy. I understand they mismanaged the puck, but I just felt like they were, tired and that could and it's not an excuse and i don't think cassidy was making an excuse it could be the residue of this team being sick and the flu bug going around the clubhouse this entire week it could have been because this was a very tired team on its home ice the coach did mention that and he mentioned he didn't want to you know make an excuse for the the game but it's an observation that needed to be made. Golden Knights did look run down last night. I can't really recall many pockets of the game where the Golden Knights played their game. And what I mean is those rush opportunities, um, finding ways to score below the goal line and just kind of controlling the pace. Um, first period was just muddy, right? Just, just terrible with those three penalties the Golden Knights took, but at least they found a way to get to intermission tied 2-2. Once the game was tied, you know, as someone who's watched a few games in that arena, you kind of felt that the Golden Knights were going to find a way, right? Second period, the Golden Knights get three straight power plays and can't find a way to score and really can't find a way to generate a lot of great chances, which was Mm -hmm. unfortunate. I guess there's one thing I did like about their power play. They did get a power play goal in the first, um, but their power play still let them down, in my opinion. 
Um, Miramanov moves the puck really well out there. This was the first time I got to watch him live, and it's been over a year now. So it was nice to see him. Uh, but that said, he was also a minus two on the game. So we're not going to you know, go that far into it, I guess, unfortunately for him. But back to the first period. Or, yeah, those three penalties in the first period the Golden Knights took just, I mean, Rempel's penalty happened. It's a hold. He, you know, Cassie said maybe is a little bit. I don't think he used the word soft, but he mentioned it was one. I, I think his words was a call. It could have gone either way. Fine, whatever. Too many men on the penalty kill. That's just inexcusable. Um, coach Cassidy put some of the blame on himself for that. I think he was just deflecting it off the players, which is what a good coach does. Mm -hmm. Um, Braden McNabb's penalty. A lot of Golden Knight fans were critical of it, but McNabb can't put himself or the team in a place to let the ref make a determination on what happened in a play like that. This isn't good. This is not good. Well, Tony's going to like this. This isn't good. Yeah. Let's go wild. We got a we got a party crasher. There you go. We got a party crasher right now with an upside down flag, it's but that's okay. Flag. It's, it's upside down, but there it is. There we go. There we go. There we go. Okay, buddy. All we right. both got the last night. Good, Good job. job, Chris. You're the best. All right. So um, <laughs> again, you know they were tired. VGK one for five on the power play. Puck movement on the power play unit was not good. There was, uh, I think it was not one good of the enough final... is the word. I would say not good well, enough. It was not there was good one enough. of the final, you could tell that this team was gassed, right? Because I felt like Stevenson just held on to the puck for a long time there on the wing. And it was just like looking around, hanging on. I think the fans were getting antsy and there was just no movement, but they did have some good opportunities. Uh, it was, I think the Gus bus, Gustafson out dueling Aiden Hill. Not the finest performance for him. No. I mean, how many bad goals? Two? Three? I, I don't even know. I'll, I'm going to blame the empty netter on him, too. Um, What gets me, I was thinking about this on the way home. Um, It was not a good game for Aiden Hill. It was, it, mm. it was a bad game for Aiden Hill. Let's call it yeah. what it is. Yes, it was he had worst some game saves, of the season. Worst game it was a bad game. And what I don't understand is, if the Golden Knights would have won this game five to one, Logan Thompson was the goalie. The fans would have just dragged Logan Thompson for giving up a goal, whether it was a good goal or a bad goal. Fans would have just dragged him. You go up and down Twitter and Facebook last night. No one said a word about Aiden Hill. And again, this isn't a knock on Aiden Hill by any means. It's a knock on the fans more than anything uh, for not maybe giving the goalies a fair shake. I get it. Aiden Hill was the goalie in the net for the Stanley Cup. I get it. He made that stick save. I get it. He got that contract. But, you know, it just reminds me of how tough uh, Logan has it in this town when it comes to the fans. If after a game last night, no one's saying a word about Aiden Hill. Um, but, yeah, Gustafson, he did have a big save on Marcheseau at the end, though. Oh, my goodness. Um, Marcheseau, that was his scoring spot, right? The right circle, right around that faceoff dot, just coming in him and the goalie. Uh, he went for the top right corner, and Gustafson uh, said no, flashed the glove a little bit, added a little flair to it, and, you know, what are you going to do? Petrangelo um, finishes his last shift of his 1,000th game on his back, uh, turns the puck over at center ice. He got, he got blasted. He got cross-checked a hey, little bit there, but it's little, not a call a little bit of a, a little bit of a cross-check. I had to watch that. Yeah, it's times. not it a call. It's I saw some people on Twitter being critical of that. It could like, have been called. You're not getting, hit no one's hard. getting that call. No one's getting that call on that stage. Laid game, out. Let's be clear. Yeah. No one's getting that call. Do you know what? Uh, I'm going to give some credit to the Wild and that top line. Um, 
Matt Boldy set a career high seven shots on goal for a while there. I think the wild between Kaprizov, uh, Kaprizov and Boldy, uh, I think they had like 19 shot attempts. Now, you know, they might not have gone through and what have you. Um, but that top line, this is a, a team that could be very dangerous down the stretch. They're starting to heat up. They've won four straight. And, uh, of course, Erickson Eck is also on that line. I like the top line of the Wild. And they gave VGK fits all night. They really did. I think they could have done whatever they wanted to at some juncture. The Minnesota Wild have their own Roman Yossi, Eric Carlson, Shea Theodore in the making in uh, Brock Faber. Uh, Brock Faber is mm-hmm. a rookie and not a lot of games played, but he just moved into the tie. Now, keep in mind, Connor Bedard's been out for the last, what, 12 games due to a broken jaw um, or a fractured jaw. Pardon me, I don't know if there's a difference, but whatever. Um, but Faber with the two assists last night on defense, he's a defenseman, keep in mind. Yeah, he actually yeah. went in, went uh, to the tie. He's tied now in the league leading scoring among rookies. So, that's something right there. Um, I don't know if Faber's got a shot to uh, win the Calder just because um, Connor Bedard's going to get all the attention there, but Faber is having a great season. And, you know, this is an example of how you build a team with youth and how you build a team through youngsters. It starts, obviously, with Kaprizov. We tar- talked about Rossi and Boldy and Faber. And uh, this is where, you know, I look at, like, all the hockey cards. I'm opening, you know, boxes and boxes of hockey cards after, day after day. These are the players everyone gets excited about when you pull, you know, a hit from the Minnesota Wild. So it's kind of nice to see uh, the paper images of them in uh, in reality and watching what they can do as players. And what's the what's the Wild timetable, I think, is the bigger question right now. They're, I think with the win last night, they're still probably eight points from the playoff cut line, maybe six but there's, I think, seven teams kind of competing for those final two wild card spots, or maybe someone sneaks into the bottom, uh, to the third spot in the Central or the Pacific Division as well. So we'll see how things end up shaking out for the Wild. Um, give them credit, right? I mean, I know we'll talk about the the comments later in the game, but Minnesota does get credit for being opportunistic last night. They kept themselves in the game. They capitalized on the early three power plays that the Golden Knights, uh, you know, inexplicably gave up. And there you go. I mean, you're not going to – Coach Cassidy did – another comment that Cassidy did say, we'll save most of it for the end, but if you spot a team two power play goals, you're probably going to lose more of those games than you're going to win, and that's probably uh, the difference along with uh, goaltending last night. I've got a question about the division. Uh, Vancouver – plays against your tremendous team, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. And if they pull out a win, a victory there, they go 10 points, 10 points up in the division on VGK. That's a pretty sizable lead over the Golden Knights. And I said earlier, um, earlier in the season, that I felt that VGK could go one of two ways. Either they accelerate or they sort of decelerate. They are going to lose a lot of momentum if Vancouver goes ahead by 10 points, do they have the staying power on top? I think the Golden Knights have the staying power to get close in the division and possibly make a run near the end of the season in April. Uh, what's important in what you just said right there, Tony, yes, there's a 10-point difference. The Golden Knights and Vancouver Canucks were gonna fa- are going to face each other three more times. 
uh, including twice down the stretch in April and once, I believe, in early March. Two of the three games are going to be home in Vegas as well. So I'm not going to say we're going to assume this is going to happen, but if the Golden Knights are to sweep them in regulation, which the Golden Knights looked pretty good against the Vancouver Canucks uh, back in the end of November, keep in mind, when um, they went there, what was it a five to two game, or it was just it, it was a game where the Golden Knights reminded the rest of reminded the Canucks who they are, and the division still, in the Golden Knights' opinion, is going to go through the Golden Knights. So, three head-to-head matches—that's a six-point swing. That's technically twelve points of uh, of swings if you want to if you want to consider each game a four-point game. So, theoretically, if the Golden Knights—I don't know if it's going to happen—but if the Golden Knights were to sweep the Canucks in regulation. They only got to catch them, catch up two more games on them. You look at it like that, you know, the, the glass is certainly about a 94% full in a spot like that. Yeah, they haven't clinched the division yet, Vancouver, but they are on top. Near, I think a lot, way to go. a lot deeper into the season, I think, than many believed that they would be. Uh, they had that eight and game road credit, or whatever. Like full credit. Let's be, let's be clear. Full credit for what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming up next, Alex Petrangelo, Peter Angelo, as we call him sometimes, or whatever we we call him sometimes. Petro played his 1,000th game last night, and we asked, should Petrangelo be in the Hall of Fame? We get to that discussion next, right after this. I'll lock down Golden Knights. We are brought to you today by FanDuel. Just read the screen, Cordasco, because your copy doesn't match up. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So you need to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. You know, it's basketball season now, um, hockey season now. So we're going to make that shift from football. It's crazy. I'm a little bit hungover after football season. I just kind of miss it. I miss all those feels, as they say. But we do have college hoops, a lot of it. And you can also bet the NBA and the National Hockey League. It's time to turn things up. Again, new customers, $150 in bonus bets. With any winning $5 bet, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Welcome back. Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Was that okay for the ad lib right there? I, I have a uh, Super Bowl copy. I had Super Bowl copy in front of me, so we're not going to go there. Game's already been played. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Bet your guts out on the Super Bowl. Wow. All-time record, right, for Super Bowl betting. And you were part of that betting pool, Mr. Golick. So thanks for your contributions. Vital uh, so, Vegas, Tony, had such a great take on that. The, the, the books only take? held like $6 million and the whatever the handle was. And they said when you divide that among all the books, uh, the mini bars of the casinos did more revenue than the sports books, but that's Scott, not what it's all about. It's getting the Scott's people awesome. in town. They're taking that $6 million. They're putting it in play on the dice table and the slot machines and on the blackjack tables and the clubs. So it's, you know, it's a bit skewed, but I mean, the golden Knights or excuse me, the golden Knights, the super bowl. Can we say that the, the big game was super bowl. a, yeah, super bowl. The super bowl is almost a loss leader for casinos and sports books around the world. And, in the, and definitely in the States, obviously, to get people in. And then, trust me, when the dust settled, Vegas and uh, all these other major gambling meccas did just fine. Okay, uh, so there was a ring presentation last night. As we know, Little John got his ring. Little Chris also got his <laughs> Cheetos, Chester the Cheetah. That was actually pretty cool. Night. 
You like the presentation there? We did that for him. That was pretty cool. Uh, that was pretty cool. Nice, nice cellophane wrap. <laughs> uh, Alex Petrangelo played in career game number 1,000 last night and finished it off by just getting absolutely annihilated and giving up the puck. That's another story. But the hockey writers had arguments for and against whether Petrangelo should be in the uh, Hall of Fame. Not an Ars Trophy finalist at all. Um, as so I'm looking you, at think, right now. So I'm has he been at. an all-star twice? I think he's been a two-time all-star. So I don't believe that he is myself. Just on the surface, I'd have to do a ton of digging. Uh, watching him play every night does not appear to be an all-star. Lacks the consistency. I know he plays a ton of minutes. I'll give him that. Uh, he does have a lot of points for a defenseman. I'll give him that side of the of the argument. 596 points in 1,000 games and a plus 117. And last night had a couple of assists. I don't like just on the surface. Maybe he's greater later. I think if they win a third, I think if he gets that third cup, then he's a shoe in. And also, there aren't very many defensemen. I think they said 20 that have played like 1,300 games. So that would have to be the barometer. But he's age 34. He would have to play uh, three solid, three plus solid seasons of hockey, I think, for him to play that many games. So I, I'm not sure if he'll get there on that side of uh, the ledger but what are your thoughts a lot of ways to go with this one um i guess the media influence always has something to do with everybody getting into the hall of fame who has anything bad to say about the way he conducts himself with the media so and that's not this is not a a tiebreaker or anything like that this is just no 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 it's a very first thought that comes to my mind yeah um Family first. I mean, just the guy does everything right on and off the ice. Getting to Alex Petrangelo, the player, you have his thousand, and it's a it's regular season. I don't know why they they don't count the playoffs, but he's now played in one thousand one hundred and thirty two NHL games. He's played in one hundred and thirty two playoff games. In those hundred two in, in those hundred thirty two playoff games, he also has seventy three points. Hmm. I I would wonder I would wonder how many Stanley Cup winning captains. We'll just say one Stanley Cup for now. Forget the second one for a second. But I would like to know how many Stanley Cup winning captains who have played a thousand games are not are not in the Hall of Fame. That would be the first question I ask. Um, now to double down on that, how many people who have been the captain of a Stanley Cup winning team? who are, were one of the missing links for another team to win a Stanley Cup while having over a 1,000 games played, while playing 24 minutes a night, whatever he averages, it would be an absolute... I mean, how's he not first ballot when you just put those put those thoughts in? It's not ballot. like the NHL... Well, it's not like the NHL has the, their Hall of Fame rules where only a certain number of people get in. It's just... If you're on the ballot, if you get X percentage of the votes, you're in. I'm not 100%. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So when you look at his accolades and everything, I guess if there's one spot you're going to, I won't say cut him down for, but if there's one spot you can be critical, it's like you said, I was just trying to find 
his awards and stuff like that. And yeah, not uh, not a lot of hardware for him. Yeah, but from an individual, what, what's basis. what's hardware, Tony? It's individual awards. It's it's stuff for individual efforts. I know there's there's in NHL mm-hmm. it's a little different than other sports, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're recognized as an individual. And Petrangelo as the teammates is just a gem of a player. You can ask anyone who's ever been on a team with them and we, i talked about this yesterday a little bit i mentioned this even upstairs in the press box um petrangelo doesn't skate like theodore he doesn't hit like mcnab he doesn't um he doesn't shoot like there's a lot of things he doesn't do as well as other teammates and other players in the nhl but he's out there for 23 24 25 minutes a game he's on the first penalty kill unit he gets some power play time he is an absolute warrior on the ice in what he does. Yes, that there's there's pockets of hockey where it just doesn't look that great, but so what? You're playing against the best players in the world and you're doing it every single shift. He's not a third line D pairing. He's on the top line. So when I look at all this, yes, this is a hometown perspective. I'm not considering anyone else who's going to be on the ballot eight to 10 years from now when he's actually Hall of Fame eligible, but I just go back to, in the most simplest of forms, how many two-time Stanley Cup winners that were the captain of one of those teams and played over a 1,000 games with what's going to be probably close to 150, 160 playoff games. I, want, I would like to know how many similar players are not in the Hall of Fame. Same perspective, how many players who have been great individual players who have had these long careers that got into the Hall of Fame but never won a Stanley Cup. First people that come to mind, I know they're a pair of forwards, but the Sedin brothers, they're great players. They're great individual players, but they never got the Canucks to a, to a Stanley Cup victory. They got them close once. So, you know, I'm not knocking the Sedin brothers, but I don't know how you put the Sedin brothers in and Petrangelo doesn't get that same consideration. I do want to mention something, too, about Mark Stone. I know I'm going off the rails here. Let's go. But no, he was just on his clapper goal. He did have a clapper goal. Uh, he just was lumbering down the ice. It looked like it was in slow motion, and then he put the puck in the net. I, I felt like he was exhausted last night. I really did. I don't. He really sucked it up. It was so funny to me. It was like in slow motion, lumbering down the ice, the clapper. He was one of the Golden Knights that missed practice, I believe, on Saturday with illness. He did. That's right. He did. I forgot. So we go there and definitely can talk a little more about that. But um, guilty game? No, I mean, I don't. I don't know if he was hanging at the Super Bowl. If that's where you're going with that, Um, I don't know. I mean, but Stone again, like I just said about Petrangelo, he did. He's not a great skater, but he's looked a lot better this year than in the past. Yeah. Stone does a lot of things, other things well. And really quick, uh, it came out in yesterday's presser that Zach Whitecloud was the healthy scratch on Thursday against the Coyotes. To quote Cassidy in favor of, to quote Cassidy, it's good that the organization, Tony, has Mm -hmm. younger players who can push the veterans. So Coach Cassidy from the top rope, uh, putting Whitecloud on the bench to, uh, Maybe get him a little spark while they get an extended look at Miramanoff. And Golden Knights still got to make a move this week, Tony. If Theodore is going to come back on Saturday, I'm not saying it's going to be White Cloud traded, but they really need to, they're going to have to figure something out with their bomb defenseman. Or the other option is uh, they still haven't put Eichel on LTIR. So 
that could buy him some time too for the for salary cap relief. Coming up next, Bruce Cassidy. Did you catch that presser last night? Boy, was he crusty. He ripped VGK after the loss last night. Chris was there and in attendance and got a question in. And we'll talk about that and much more right here when we return to Lockdown Golden Knights. Hey, VGK fans, we want to remind you that you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. It's the official daily uh, daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. I never get that sentence right. Uh, Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contest. What players would you take this week to win 100 times your money? You can connect with other fans. Entries can be made in less than one minute. And all you have to do is uh, pick whether some of the studs out there, like Jonathan Marcheseau, uh, will score points. Uh, of course, uh, there's a lot of big-time players in the NHL, but you have to uh, figure out and record more or less than their sleeper projections for those players for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard us, VGK fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention, nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you will get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use. Welcome back. Lockdown Golden Knights, this Tuesday edition of the show. We had uh, someone at the airport yesterday waiting on a rental car. It was a little over two hours because they weren't returned yet, and the airport was a mess. And I don't know how much longer it took there, but that was a disaster. But luckily, everyone's gone. And as I said, I mentioned on my Twitter feed yesterday, it's time to start putting up the bleachers for Formula One. It's about that time. The construction started during the playoffs last year, as far <laughs> as it being a mess to get to T-Mobile. So I'm, uh, oh, I can't do Super Bowl every year and just can F1 or put it away from the strip a little bit. I'm like telling F1. you, I'm telling you, I am so much more of a fan at the execution and the way this city was run for Super Bowl by far than Formula One. It wasn't even close. I liked, and I liked the crowd a lot better. I, I did. I just thought it was your normal average Joe that came to Vegas, had a good time, let it rip, and that was it. And it wasn't some phony balonies coming in, you know, in their private jets. There were a lot some of phony balonies. Phony, phony balonies. Oh. Clapper. Oh. Clapper. Okay. Oh, so you got a question in on Mr. Cassidy last night, and he did one of these. He was so miserable. <laughs> Is he? Maybe he was. He was sick too, right? So maybe he's not feeling well. I'll give him that. Uh, but why don't you tell us about? You asked him about the goalie rotation last night, and see, for me too. Okay, it gets into a goaltender's psyche, perhaps like Aiden Hill, because I don't think that that was a scheduled start last night. So maybe he's planning ahead, and Logan Thompson was ill last night. And so maybe he's thinking, okay, I'll go again in a few days, have time to recover, what have you. And then last minute, 
LT's not going to answer the bell, so he's got to be between the pipes. Yeah, I mean, so... No, yeah, you're good. Um, So early in the season, I asked um, a couple times, Cassidy, about the goalie rotation, and we're going, like, way back to basically sometime in October here, but Cassidy did mention that they map out the starts. He didn't say how far in advance then. Last night, he said they map out the events or the starts a month A month, right? Yeah. A month out, but they don't tell the goalies until about the week of is also what he said. They don't tell the goalies that far in advance. So the question was, was this supposed to be eight in the starts? And then is there a rotation or is it a game-by-game basis? And coach right away, oh, Logan hasn't practiced. We're not going to get into that. Okay, fine, whatever. I can read between the lines. Um, but coach did mention, again, there is a plan going forward. The starts are mapped out. So this will really give you starting Saturday with Carolina for the next two weeks. Cause now the games finally get a little more condensed, right? I mean, the Golden Knights are going to have starting on Saturday. Uh, they're going to have looks like seven more games in the month over a seven, 12, 13 day, 13 days. So we're really going to get to see what the rotation is going to look like the rest of the season. I mean, if Logan only goes two of those seven games, that tells you what the plan is right there. Um, but Cassidy, Outside of that, Cassidy definitely, he took a shot right in March or so. Um, we have the puck on our leading scorer's stick with an, with a wide open net, and he missed. Okay, that's not good. Um, at the end of the game, or at the end of the press conference, Cassidy felt the Golden Knights gifted goals to the Minnesota Wild, and the Wild did not earn them. That's uh, those are some pretty strong comments. This is a uh, this is vintage Cassidy coming out, and these are the types of things that he walks that line right, and he walks the line with the media usually a little over the line. So I can only imagine what those conversations are like after the game and such, you know, and, or during the game, um, how you know he might get on the players and such like that. But it was um, you know, it's. it's Kind of what you expected. And to be fair, Cassidy, his assessment was spot on. You know, not going to take anything away from the wild, but Golden Knights made it really easy on them with their mistakes, their blunders, uh, mismanaging of pucks again. Another comment that Cassidy made. When the Golden Knights are mismanaging pucks, that's when they unravel. That's that's a quote from Cassidy. And you saw it on, I think it was the third, I think it was the go-ahead goal. Aiden Hill makes a nice play, plays the puck out, gets to Amadio, Amadio turns it over. And then it was the first flugie goal where Aiden hit where Aiden Hill felt he had the puck covered and it was just loose squeaked in. And I think that was the Rossi goal. So mm-hmm. gonna yeah, do? no rebound control there. And uh, Aiden Hill definitely not on. He, his lost. He, he, he lost it. He lost it. I, uh, I might have to blame this loss on that Carly guy with the broken twig. No, should I? I mean, Cassie did bring that up. He mentioned Carlson blocked the shot on the five <laughs> if on he three. Called it was a, a five on two. And what are you going to do? He called it, if he called it a broken twig, I would have lost it for sure. Uh, was it a, was many, it a shot? Was it a shot pass that broke? Oh, oh geez, not a shot pass again. Too many men on the ice. Cassidy, you mentioned earlier, did take part of the blame, but for crying out loud. That's just inexcusable. I, I never got a view of how that happened. My my assumption, again, assumption usually gets me in trouble, especially as of late. But um, Petrangelo <laughs> goes down on the near boards on the opposite side of the wild bench. So he's in the offensive territory. Petrangelo was skating back down trying to get in the play. I don't know if a defenseman jumped. Petrangelo was supposed to go out on the forward side of the bench or if he was even involved in that. That's simply my assumption. 
just kind of watching the way things went. I never caught a good replay of how that too many men came in together. But in any event, when there's never there's never an excusable time for too many men on the ice. There's never, ever a time when you're going to excuse it in a penalty kill situation. And then say it again, McNabb and that penalty, you just you can't do that, bro. You can't you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, for sure. Star power yeah. last night. Celebrities all of a sudden, like I had a good idea here. If they, if, they probably are watching, but the Golden Knights going forward should try and build a game after the Super Bowl as like a super game, whatever wording they want to use, somehow invite some celebrities in for the game and such like that and just make them try and recreate the football celebrity experience in T-Mobile because you had the singer from the Eagles there. You had Lil John. They kept handing the random celebrities that were there. I knew about it, who a third of them were, but they were somewhat important, I guess. So that was kind of cool. So there you go. Golden Knights, you can hit, you can use that one for free if you want. I felt, okay, I felt that VGK tried to capitalize on the Super Bowl. The, again, hockey trying to jump into the Super Bowl by presenting Lil John with his ring so he has it up there on stage. Come on, man. That's called that's ambush marketing. Mar- Tony, that's good marketing. That's good that's marketing. Called, that's that's, that's ambush, good marketing. That's ambush marketing. I'd like to thank uh, Alicia. Good marketing. Glass- I'll say good marketing. Good marketing. Okay, Alicia, Glass, Childress, and Cat Bell. Oh, yeah. They yeah. Must. Aren't they great? Uh, from the Vegas Thrill, their season opens up on Thursday, and I had to uh, take them down there to T-Mobile to be on with Darren Millard. So that was a lot of fun for those ladies. And uh, thanks to all my friends up at High at T-Mobile. Uh, for How'd you like being at T-Mobile, Tony? How'd you like it? How'd you, how, how many dir- over under 1,600 dirty looks last night? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, man. Like, there were some – I got the stink eye from a couple of media people on their way in. And then fans, a couple, a few fans had recognized me and wanted to say something. But that's why I said, let me get out of Dodge here before we have to mix it up here. You we know? were joking upstairs that the facial recognition system got turned on and they, they realized you were there. And Tony's yeah, like, it didn't work quite out. like the Super Bowls. No, yeah, the Super Bowl facial recognition worked. That did not. So we thank everyone for tuning in, especially our everydayers. We definitely appreciate all of you. And, of course, uh, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Friday's WTF, Saturday's the YouTube exclusive with Chris times Chris. For my man Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. You have a great day. We'll be back again tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Take care.